0: Thank you for standing by, good day everyone, and welcome to the Amazon.com Q4 2019 Financial Results Teleconference. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the presentation, we conduct a question and answer session. Today's call is being recorded. For opening remarks, I will be turning the call over to the Director of Investor Relations, Shelley K. Pfeiffer. Please go ahead.
1: Hello, and welcome to our Q4 2019 Financial Results Conference call. Joining us today to answer your questions are Brian Olsoski, our CFO, and Dave Fildes, Director of Investor Relations. As you listen to today's conference call, we encourage you to have our press release in front of you, which includes our financial results as well as metrics and commentary on the quarter. Please note, unless otherwise stated, all comparisons in this call will be against our results for the comparable period of 2018. Our comments and responses to your questions reflect management's views as of today, January 30th, 2020 only, and will include forward-looking statements. Actual results may differ materially. Additional information about factors that could potentially impact our financial results is included in today's press release and our filings with the SEC, including our most recent annual report on Form 10-K and subsequent filings. During this call, we may discuss certain non-GAAP financial measures. In our press release, slides accompanying this webcast, and our filings with the SEC, each of which is posted on our IR website, you will find additional disclosures regarding these non-GAAP measures, including reconciliations of these measures with comparable GAAP measures. Our guidance incorporates the order trends that we've seen to date and what we believe today to be appropriate assumptions. Our results are inherently unpredictable, and may be materially affected by many factors, including fluctuations in foreign exchange rates, changes in global economic conditions and customer spending, world events, the rate of growth of the internet, online commerce and cloud services, and the various factors detailed in our filings with the SEC. Our guidance also assumes, among other things, that we don't conclude any additional business acquisitions, investments, restructurings, or legal settlements. It's not possible to accurately predict demand for our goods and services, and therefore our actual results could differ materially from our guidance. With that, we'll move to Q&A. Operator, please remind our listeners how to initiate a question.
0: At this time, we'll be now open the call up for questions. We ask each caller, please limit yourself to one question. If you'd like to ask a question, please press star one on your keypad. We ask that when you pose your question, you pick up your handsets to provide optimum sound quality. Once again, to initiate a question, please press star then one on your touchtone telephone at this time. Please hold while we poll for questions. Thank you. Our first question is coming from the line of Heath Terry with Goldman Sachs. Please proceed great thanks
2: uh, really appreciate this is um, just on the on the a w s business as you as you
3: look sort of at the, the the strength that you saw in the quarter, particularly you know represented by the um, the amount of dollars added. Um quarter over quarter, is there anything in
2: particular that you would you would call out either in terms of um you know specific types of workloads regions um specific customer types that that you felt like um you know drove this this strength particularly relative to the
3: you know directional uh, direction of growth that we were seeing in the earlier parts of the year
2: uh, hi Heath uh, no, I would not uh isolate it to any one set of customers or products. I think it's been pretty uh, broad based um, and uh, it's, it's kind of the culmination of a lot of you know, work on adding new products and features um, adding to our sales and marketing teams and having uh, better penetration in enterprise customers and hitting a lot of very and in different industries. Um, so I think, I think that's what you're seeing you know we, we feel that our uh, product set is uh, it leads the market and uh, we add to it at a quicker pace than our competition so actually the gap on capacity and uh, features is, is growing as we speak. Um, we also think that there's a uh, real network effect when you use AWS with the millions of active customers and tens of thousands of global partners. Um, and, uh, you know, we continue to expand. We're uh, now in 69 availability zones across 22 geographic regions. So I think it's the combination of increased sales uh, support, uh, more and better products uh, that uh, hit customers' needs, and also the geographic expansion is what you're seeing.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes to the line of Colin Sebastian with Robert W. Baird. Please proceed.
3: Great. Thank you. I was just hoping you guys could disaggregate a bit the strength and seller services. How much of that was third-party marketplace uh, commission specifically and are you seeing more of an uptick in in some of the other content um, and services? Thank you.
2: and sellers, uh, excuse me, on seller services, I would say it was just a very strong quarter, if that's what you're referring to, um, 31% growth in revenue. Um, it was strong on a unit basis, uh, about, and, and as you said, uh, there's probably a, a additional strength in FBA, which has higher fee set than MFN does. So, uh, but in general, if you step away, I think what you're seeing is more and more participation of third-party sellers in our one-day delivery program as we move through the year. I was particularly strong in Q4, um, and uh, I think you'll see that more as we move into 2020.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Justin Post with Bank of America. Please proceed.
2: Great. Uh, thanks. Just wondering if you could go high level. What drove um, upside to your guidance on revenue in the quarter on the retail side? Uh, anything there that you'd really call out? And then on the AWS investments, uh, you know, obviously you just talked about investments uh, starting in 3Q. Where are you in that in investment? Uh, your, your margins are still below peak. Where are you kind of in that investment cycle? Thank you. Sure. Uh, well, as you said, on revenue, we uh, came in at $87.4 billion dollars which exceeded the high end of our range of $86.5 billion. Uh, 400 million of, roughly $400 million of that was uh, due to foreign exchange. But um, wh- what we saw was essentially very strong uh, holiday performance from the middle of November on. Uh, we also had a, a very big uptick in, in response to the one-day uh, availability that's been building through the year. I think prime has uh, been very strong we you know we, noted, we uh, mentioned that we have more than one hundred and fifty million paid prime members globally now, and we mentioned that we, have, we more people joined prime in q four than uh, any other quarter before so a lot of good momentum there built up on the aggregation of benefits that we continue to to add to the prime program um, most recently the one day uh, uh, expansion of one day shipping um, on aWS um, where are we? are we in the cycle? Uh, I talked more in uh, 2018 when the margins in uh, AWS were uh, closer to 30% about the efficiency of infrastructure spend and um, uh, versus prior years. So we continue to, uh, since that point, we've continued to add uh, infrastructure uh, capability and to support our global expansion as well. But what you're seeing probably more in the margins is, the uh, expansion of our sales and marketing effort at some of those costs, as, as well as uh, price uh, decreases in um, uh, longer-term contracts that we've signed with uh, some of our uh, customers. You notice on our balance sheet that uh, our future commitments uh, on the multi-year deals now stands at 30 billion dollars at year-end, and that's up 54% year-over-year. So, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, good momentum on the uh, enterprise side as well.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Jason Helstein with Oppenheimer and Company. Please proceed.
2: Thanks. Um, just, to, just to ask about AWS again, um, I mean, there's a investors have, have become, I guess, recently concerned just about uh, again the slowing AWS revenue and margin, and whether it's a function of increased competition. Um, so maybe just talk about you know how you're reacting. You did talk about you know, spending on sales and price cuts, but just any more you can talk about the competitive environment. Thank you. Uh, sure. I, I would um, probably argue a bit with the growth comments. You know, as we, we see it here, we grew from a $30 billion revenue run rate at the end of 2018 to $40 billion revenue run rate at the tw- end of 2019. So we continue to be happy with our top-line growth the um, uh, in dollar terms as opposed to percentages. We had a larger dollar increase in revenue, both year over year and quarter over quarter. So, we're uh, very uh, happy with the progress uh, of the uh, revenue and, and our adoption and acceptance by customers. Uh, as far as competitive, com- competitive set uh, is uh, concerned, we, again, we think that we have uh, start with a very big lead in this space because of our many years of uh, investment. Uh, not only in capacity, but also in uh, services and features that we provide to customers. We learn from customers. We just had a great reInvent conference in December where all of our, uh, um, it was a great uh, aggregation of partners and customers and developers. Um, And at those events, we uh, not only get to present our new products, and there were over 100 uh, that were launched in December, but we also get to uh, hear customer uh, issues and help, that helps design our or uh, educate our forward uh, roadmap. So it's a great uh, shared learning. Uh, I think customers uh, react to it. Um, customers will be at different stages of their adoption curve. Uh, there's always uh, different phases, for, uh, first moving to the cloud, then uh, organizing on the cloud, and then growing further. So uh, there's a lot of movement. i said that uh, repeatedly. I think I'm in this the setting that you know any quarter quarter to quarter movement is going to be uh, you know a little bumpy, but uh, generally what you're seeing is the convergence of a lot of investment a lot of operational efficiency and a lot of innovation on behalf of customers.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Stephen Jew with Credit Suisse. Please proceed.
2: okay, so thank
4: you. Um, wanted to switch it up a little bit. Um, I guess uh, you guys called this out in your press release, but I'm wondering if you can talk about your efforts to get the SMBs and the micro SMBs uh, online in India. Um, what exactly is involved from a practical perspective? Uh, do you need to have a door-to-door sales folks? And you know what can you do to reduce uh, friction between logistics payments and some of the other factors there? And second, you know what are these SMBs selling? Um, is it like long tail inventory? Is it merchandise that you can get to export to the global buyer base? And you know, do you think this could be content that could be exclusive to Amazon? Thank you, yeah, Stephen hey, this is Dave. Thanks for the question. Um, you know, as you said, I think there's some mention of this in the release we're We're definitely continuing to improve the experience in India for customers and sellers. I excited by some of the response we've seen. Um, uh, we are continuing to invest meaningfully in um, digitizing those uh, say MS and these uh, micro and small and medium-sized businesses. We, we did pledge to invest a billion dollars to help um, digitize uh, traders and those those micro and small businesses across India. Um, and we've got a goal of bringing more than $10 million online by 2025. So this billion-dollar investment will, you know, hope to enable $10 billion in cumulative Indian um, exports by 2025. A lot of um, – you know, a lot of different facets to those types of investments. I uh, won't go into too much for specifics, but, um, uh, you know, a lot of work being done there. We're also focused um, on uh, job uh, job growth, job creation over there. Um, since we launched over in India in 2013, we've created um, over 700,000 direct and indirect jobs. Um, so it, we also recently announced plans to create an additional 1 million jobs in India by 2025. So um, a lot of, um, I think, Innovation, ideas, investment, that team over there continues to do a great job uh, locally of of taking a lot of the um, the tenets that, um, you know, we've had at Amazon around uh, innovation building and and really uh, run with that over there and and done a great job of coming up with some interesting and new um, services and features that I think are specific to, to that region. And hopefully, you know, as we continue to do that, we'll keep identifying areas over in India and tools, sets, and features over in India that we can bring back to other regions to, to help benefit other sellers um, and, and the other websites more broadly.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from a line of Brian Nowak with Morgan Stanley. Please proceed.
3: Thanks for taking my question. I have I have two. Just the the first one. Um, Brian, I think on one of the the media interviews, you talked about how you're becoming more efficient with one day and you're continuing with next day delivery and continue to do so, and talked about a a billion dollars of costs in the in the current quarter. Maybe just sort of talk to us about sort of some of the largest qualitative fixed and variable costs sort of still associated with one day and the the processes and the opportunities for efficiency to really get that number down as we go throughout twenty twenty and then maybe any specific product categories or good categories where uh, you've seen an acceleration in demand from one day that you call out? Sure. Uh, let me uh, uh,
2: make sure the numbers are understood. Um, we had talked about uh, last year about an initial in, uh, step-up in cost of close to $800 million in the second quarter. Um, we uh, That carried into Q3. It was slightly higher in Q3. And then in Q4... Last time I were on this call, I mentioned that we estimated Q4 would be a billion and a half dollar penalty. It was slightly under that despite the higher volumes and revenue growth than was in our guidance. And looking ahead to Q1, we estimated approximately a billion dollars of additional costs year over year. And again, in Q2, we'll start to lap this, and that doesn't mean that Delta goes to zero. It means that... There'll be a step up as we grow and expand on a volume basis, and then we'll see where our rates are on actually delivering and, and uh, fulfilling uh, one day so I will keep you uh, uh, posted on our results and uh, and uh, guide in the future as to uh, where, you know where we see those costs going. Um, if you look at the efficiency or the the co- first the cost they generally are falling into a few buckets. Uh, it's obviously transportation where you're uh, building out new transportation modes you're adding new deliveries partners you're adding new routes uh, many times they start with um, you know subscale volumes and you you know you build them out you get more efficient you get more volume more package density and that that creates efficiency uh, when we started this uh, again q two of last year we also had an abrupt change to our um, fulfillment network in that you know, when it's tuned for two-day delivery on the most part and you move to one day in a lot of cases, uh, it's advantageous from a cost and transportation standpoint to have that inventory closer to the customer. So we've uh, uh, last year we are in the middle of that transition. We still are as we uh, shift inventory to be more local to enable local deliveries to hit the shorter cutoff times. So that, um, that will continue to uh, become more efficient. We do see a... Uh, a we will have to scale our fulfillment center network uh, further. Um, uh, we grew the uh, square footage for fulfillment and, and transportation by 15% each of the last two years. And uh, we look, we'll look ahead and see a step up in that this year as we, as we start to uh, build more capacity for the one-day. Uh, we haven't guided beyond Q1, but that, that's uh, certainly something that will step up. Um, but we get efficiencies as we, as we learn and grow and, and handle more one-day volume. Uh, the third area is uh, uh, foregone ship revenue, just simply because we're uh, having free shipment and no, no longer charging for it. Uh, that unfortunately doesn't uh, leverage, but it, uh, we do start to lap it after a while. So, um, so I would say that uh, you know, just as we've had other you know shocks to our, our warehouse system over the years, you know, from going to you know from media to uh, almost every product you can imagine. To having a cycle of uh, increased third-party presence in the FBA program, now to one day, you know, we have uh, we have a history here where we can um, uh, look for opportunities to be more efficient and uh, lower the any cost penalties as we move forward.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Dan Salmon with BMO Capital Markets. Please proceed.
3: Thanks for taking the question, guys. Brian, um, just to follow up on one-day shipping,
2: you noted that you begin to lap the beginning of the initiative here in the second quarter and that
3: uh, naturally costs can flow up with volumes. But just to be clear, would you is the idea here as we anniversary it, that sort of incremental expansion of one-day shipping either regionally or certain SKUs is functionally finished. I just want to make sure I understand that properly.
2: And then just uh, uh, we can see the other number reported, um, just any color within there on the advertising business. And in particular, uh would love to hear an update just a bit on some of your brand initiatives there. I know that probably wasn't the focus in the holiday season, but it seems to be an important growing part. Thank you. Sure, let me start on the one-day. So, yes, uh, we do see expansion of the um, one-day program as we move through the year. We've been expanding since we started this effort in Q2 of last year. Uh, expansion means additional cities, additional routes, additional um, uh, zip codes. Um, but more, uh, uh, I think uh, what you'll see more in 2020 is also an interna- more effort uh, internationally and more cost internationally. We have uh, greatly improved our... Um, selection of one day, in uh, particularly in Europe and, and Japan. We started with a higher one-day uh, percentage of our shipments in those uh, geographies, but um, we, we do have to take steps and we are taking steps to uh, increase that, and uh, we expect that to be, uh, you know, it's start to be a little more balanced cost globally as we move into 2020.
4: Yeah, Dan, in terms of uh, your question around uh, brands, um, you know, I mean, we're focused on you have certainly brands as an advertising customer set, um, and a lot of focus on providing the products and tools that are going to help customers and really inspire them. Um, so you know things that uh, we're really excited about uh, stores. so a brand can customize and curate a, a, a multi-page store. It allows them to better tell customers who they are and share their story. Um, so w- we can help deepen the brand engagement and the customer loyalty through, through, through that type of option. Um, some some other things like posts, which uh, helps customers uh, discover products and brands, and it's through a, a curated feed that uh, features the brand's lifestyle content, and it's uh, on a on a mobile detail page. Um, and you know, there's international expansion in some other areas. I think you know broadly with advertising, so much of this is about you know you know having developing great relationships with these advertisers because I think they appreciate the fidelity we can provide around. Um, shopping outcomes were uh, were uniquely positioned to to do this given given our retail business. Um, on the advertising uh, business, or rather, I should say, other uh, other revenue, that line item grew about 41% year over year. Uh, advertising is the biggest piece of that um, uh, that, that line item is uh, growing at about the same rate. Advertising revenue is, as a subset, but growing at about the same rate uh, year over year in the fourth quarter as uh, as it did in the third quarter.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Eric Sheridan with UBS. Please proceed.
2: Thanks for taking the question. Maybe a two-part question on AWS, if I can. You called out um, uh, the depreciation change with respect to AWS going forward. Just wanted to better understand some of the uh, decisions that were made on useful life that drove that decision and how to think about that from a modeling perspective going forward. And then the second part would be, what does that mean in terms of the way you're thinking about forward CapEx cycles for the AWS business if you're assuming useful life is, is moving out maybe than prior assumptions? Thanks so much. Sure, thanks for bringing that up. So uh, you know, we, uh, as a practice, my, monitor and review the useful life of our depreciable assets um, on a regular basis. To make sure that our financial statements reflect our best estimate of how long the assets are going to be used in operations, uh, and we, in Q4, um, and we've been looking at it at a, uh, in both the FCS and fulfillment centers and also AWS annually. Um, as we as we uh, looked in Q4 of 2019, um, we believe it's there's a, enough trend now to show that the useful life is. Uh, exceeding four years um, we have been, for servers, and we had been depreciating them over three years. So we are going to start depreciating them on a four-year basis. Uh, it doesn't unwind any depreciation that's already been booked. It just uh, takes the asset uh, from its current stat- status and uh, extends the depreciation period, and then new assets that are put into play it will uh, extend out for four years instead of three, and, and we'll continue to revisit this. Uh, I do want to point out that it's not uh, just an accounting related change, it's rather a reflection of the work that we've done to make our server capacity last longer. We've been operating at scale for over 13 years in this business and we continue to refine our software to run more efficiently on the hardware. It then lowers stress and extends the useful life, both for the uh, servers that we use uh, in the AWS business and also the servers that we use to support our own uh, uh, Amazon businesses. So. Uh, you know, And despite that, we, we give AWS customers, and actually because of this, AWS customers continue to get access to the latest technologies more quickly than ever before. So we are um, uh, essentially reflecting the fact that we have gotten better at extending the useful life here and uh, now building that into our financials moving forward. Uh, yes, you're right, it should also impact our need and our timing of capital. Uh, I would say that it's also been part of the uh, reason that we've been able to um, keep capital relatively under in check the last two years in the uh, the infrastructure area, Um, but uh, it's it's $800, excuse me, $800 million uh, lower depreciation expense uh, in the quarter, and it will be um, uh, consistent, it will change quarter to quarter, we'll we'll, uh, update you, but um, uh, as you can see in our financial statements uh, it's about $2.3 billion impact Q to, uh, 2020.
4: Yeah. And just, just kind of on the modeling point too on that, the $800 million is, is in Q1. We do, do think that the, uh, for that accounting, uh, impact effectively, we expect that that amount will, will decrease as we, we go through the year. And, um, it's, uh, you know, it's tech infrastructure assets. So, uh, it's, or I should say the servers are tech infrastructure assets. So when you think about segments, um, the majority of these relate to the AWS segment.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Ron Josie with JMP Securities. Please proceed.
2: Great. Thanks for taking the question. Brian, I just want to ask a little bit more about the holiday season, given the the beat on the top line, and see if there's any way to quantify maybe the impact from the shortened holiday shopping season. I mean, it doesn't seem like much, just given the better results in in online sales and and retail third-party seller services, but is there any way to think about the six less days? And then also, you mentioned last quarter, you know, an
3: impact from the Japanese consumption tax. Any sort of impact, did that go according to plan or any thoughts there would be helpful? Thank you.
2: Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, on the, uh, there were two items we discussed last quarter with the Japan consumption tax raising from um, 8% to 10% effective October 1st. The net result was um, a pull forward of some purchases by Japanese customers in the Q3 and also some negative elasticity effects post-October 1st. Um, the other uh, item was Diwali uh, timing the, the uh, Indian holiday, which is um, uh, has a very uh, large uh, swing factor on international revenues is um, uh, it moved more into the third quarter this year versus uh, 2019 versus 2018. So it was a help to Q3 and a penalty to Q4. Uh, those two items uh, impacted the Q4 growth rate uh, negatively by about 300 basis points. That was our estimate, and, and uh, we believe that was the uh, actual outcome. On the, on the international. On the international segment, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, sorry, the first question was, of oh, the holiday season. Yeah, we don't see that as a factor, actually, and I, I uh, uh, mentioned that last call as it wasn't uh, incorporated into our guidance in a negative fashion. Uh, the way we look at it and the way uh, we believe it works, at least in our business, is that you know customers will uh, have a holiday budget and they will spend it between Generally, the middle of November. It's creeping up to the early part of November, through the holiday season, and um, you know we do see obviously spikes in uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and we also see uh, relative uh, tick up in trends as we get closer to the uh, to the holiday and the sh- before the shipping thresholds cut off. So there's a polarization of uh, tends to be a polarization to early shipping or excuse me, early purchases and late purchases. But as far as uh, the six days. Um, that a shorter time period uh, between Thanksgiving and uh, uh, the Christmas holiday, we we don't see uh, an impact on that. Uh, Perhaps it's a bigger issue for stores and uh, foot traffic, but uh, we we don't notice it in in our business.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes in line of Doug Amnus with J.P. Morgan. Please proceed.
4: Thanks for taking the question. Um, I just want to shift gears to grocery. and you added uh, Amazon Fresh into Prime, um, kind of removing the previous fourteen ninety nine a month um, component there, and putting it into Prime. Uh, and you talked about the the two thousand U.S. cities and towns with two hour delivery. Can you just talk about what the early impact there is uh, of bundling kind of Fresh into Prime at this point, and then just how you're thinking about your grocery strategy uh, as your position now? Thanks.
3: Sure.
2: Uh, thanks for your question. So. Um uh, early results are, are good. Uh, we, our grocery delivery orders from the combination of Amazon Fresh and Whole Foods Market more than doubled in the fourth quarter year-over-year. Year. So we believe customers are um, starting to notice and take advantage of this. We wanted to take. Um, uh, we, we will see uh, where people's uh, tastes and preferences will take them. Uh, we are whether they go to the store, the Whole Foods Market store, whether they use Prime Now or Amazon delivery for. Uh, uh, their groceries. Um, right now, we're uh, really just testing and, and um, reacting to the customer demand and the customers' uh, preferences, and uh, we'll do so, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future.
0: Thank you. Our final question will come from the line of Mark Mahaney with RBC Capital Markets. Please proceed.
3: Okay. Thanks for including me. Then I'll, I'll throw out uh, three quick ones. Just talk a little bit more about gross margins in the quarter. You had uh, the year-over-year trend was negative last quarter, but it turned reversed and was up this quarter. Um so are there any uh, unusual factors you'd want to call out there? Second, the, um, uh, I don't want to read over a lot into your guidance, but every year for the last five years, you've always guided to operating margin, operating profit down sequentially, uh, and then you maybe delivered better than that, but you always guided down. This year, your high end of your range is actually above, uh, you know, what, what you obviously did in the fourth quarter. Are you just trying to remind people, tell people, educate people on how the mix shift in the business towards AWS and advertising is just changing the profit profile? of the business so any more color there and then uh last one since sunday is coming up i know you talked about the aws customers and you mentioned the seattle seahawks but what about the 49ers thanks
2: good luck 49ers i uh i'll get that out there first good luck kansas city chiefs fans we're indifferent um, let me start with your uh second one on grow or um sorry the uh start with gross margin.
4: Yeah, so I, you know, I don't think there's anything uh, too surprising to call out there. I think you know we continue to see some good growth in the third-party business. You saw that accelerate some. Um, you know we're continuing to see that trend of uh, more FBA sellers signing and taking a, a larger percentage of the um, uh, you know the total 3P mix of units that are sold through. So that continues to do well. And as Brian mentioned earlier, we think you know some of that has to do with the, the program keeps getting better with you know faster shipping and what, whatnot. We've uh, invested. Uh, Many billions of dollars in that program to, to make it even better for for sellers. Um, AWS had a strong quarter, of course, so that helps on the gross margin side as well. And then on you know on transportation, I think you saw the uh, uh, the outbound shipping costs did grow around 43% year over year, um, um, so certainly up uh, up uh, a good deal versus the trend line we saw in, in 2018. But of course, that's that's reflective of, of one day and um, you know overall relative to our expectations. As Brian said, with the, the $1.5 billion we guided to, we came in a bit under that, and so some of that was, was uh, certainly part of uh, some, some better than expected trans
2: efficiencies. And on the comment on seasonality of guidance and uh, Q1, um, that uh, I think the historic trend of uh, peaking a bit in operating income in Q4 and then stepping down in Q1 has been broken up a little bit uh, as we've had the balance of AWS and some other things. But uh, if you actually look back to Q1 of last year, it was the highest operating income quarter on record, and that's one of the um, – makes a difficult comp this year because we had the um, – uh, if, if you remember the slowdown in expenditures in 2018 uh, in things like fixed, uh, adding of uh, headcount, um, warehouse space, infrastructure costs, Uh, not to zero, but like down off of uh, prior investment levels in 2016 and 2017, a lot of that um, continued, uh, that cost baseline continued into Q1 of 2019, and it actually was a super-efficient quarter from a cost and and, um, profit standpoint. Q2 of last year, we started to, again, make larger investments, particularly in one day, and – So, you know, that's now uh, something that is lapping in Q1 of this year because we didn't really have one day in Q1 of last year. But um, uh, so I I think there's a, you know, it's hard to draw those uh, parallels between quarters anymore. I will, though, mention the guidance that we do have the $800 million of lower depreciation from our uh, uh, extension of our server useful lives um, which is um, you know, part of the range that we gave you of 3 to $4.2 billion.
4: Thanks for joining us today on the call and for your questions. A replay will be available on our investor relations website at least through the end of the quarter. We appreciate your interest in Amazon and we look forward
3: to talking with you again next quarter.